Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 151, A Fine Line Between Grief and Joy with Joy Elowim. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. My guest today is Joy. She is a change coach and she works with people around grief. And although you might think that sounds kind of depressing, <laughs> um, Joy loves it. It's not depressing at all to her. And I, I love how this conversation showed why it's not depressing. See, to Joy, grief is, yes, there's sadness. And yes, sometimes they're suffering, although that's what she helps people with is uh, feel the sadness and, and in many, many ways reduce the suffering. But even in that sadness, even in that sadness of, of grief is this aliveness. And I, I just love in this conversation, uh, Joy talks about having lost people in her life uh, and and as she was grieving, feeling how life is kind of heightened, that everything is just sort of more turned on in a sense, you know, and, and again, not always in a way that our mind likes. So sometimes we're extremely sensitive and on the verge of tears and everything is vibrant and heightened in a way that we wish it weren't. But but, you know, that's our mind saying, I don't like this. I wish it wasn't this way. I wish I could turn down the volume a little bit. And we can't turn down the volume. And and that same heightened aliveness that we sometimes dislike is other times really, really amazing and beautiful. And again, the word is just alive, which is so interesting because we're talking about what we feel when someone isn't alive. That in our grief, in our sadness, in all that's moving through us, we get to feel fully alive and and as if what we're feeling is is perhaps the highest expression of love and respect for that person and and that way it it just is a beautiful process and and I know sometimes it doesn't feel that way. And Joy knows sometimes it doesn't feel that way. So I, I love the work that she does, bringing such reverence to the process of grief and helping people see that, not needing to change their experience at all, not giving them you know a, a happy face painted over something that really feels horrible, but making space, having space there to allow people to have whatever experience they're having and to see around some of the really common misunderstandings that that take this beautiful expression of love and sadness that we call grief over into the suffering camp a little more than than maybe it needs to be. So Joy talks about some of those misunderstandings in this conversation. Uh, she talks about how she's seen people kind of grieve in a beautiful, clean way. Uh, she talks about our assumptions about how long it's going to take and all of that stuff that that we tend to get kind of tangled up in. And I just think you're going to really love this conversation. Uh, keep joy in mind if you are grieving at some point and want some support. 
or know someone who is because I think, you know, she just adds had so much, so much to that already beautiful, natural process. And if you aren't, uh, you're going to still hear so much in this conversation. So enjoy this conversation about grief with Joy. Hi, Joy. Thank you so much for being a guest on Changeable. Oh, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you, Amy. Yeah. So I, um, I love this topic of grief and how, uh, how people can I mean, anything, this is everything we talk about, but how people can experience a thing that they, that we all think we know something about, like grief, and how we can have radically different experiences of it, you know, based on just being sort of open and letting go of some of our thoughts around it and expectations. And, and so I know we'll get into some, some great stuff. So maybe to kick us off, just say a bit about, um, about how, why you love coaching people through grief, like how this is your experience with it and kind of why you're passionate about this. Yeah. And it sounds kind of funny to say, I love coaching people about grief, <laughs> but I actually do <laughs> because I, I know intimately the, the suffering that can happen in grief. And I also know that there doesn't have to be the suffering. And so I really love pointing people to and and showing them that it's possible to grieve, to just truly grieve the, the loss, whether it's the loss of a loved one, loss of a relationship, loss of a job. You know, here where I live, we had those huge fires um, that took out the whole towns. And so loss of a home, you know, a lot of people here are dealing with any type of a, a loss like that, that, that creates just intense sadness and, and grief. And then that suffering doesn't have to go hand in hand with, with grief. Suffering is what we're telling ourselves about the grief or about the sadness, whether it shouldn't be here or, you know, all types of things, you know, uh, that, that happen around that, that create the suffering within us. And so if I can help people to see that, uh, it's, it's very rewarding and, you know, so wonderful to see people be able to have that, that experience. And and that seems like, and you tell me because you talk with people about this all the time, but it seems like they're just synonymous in most people's heads. You know, when we think about grief, we just think, oh, hold on tight. This is going to suck. <laughs> like, it's going to be a lot of suffering in this. And so what's, right. what's the truth about that? Yeah. Like what's... What well, we yeah. I was doing some writing and I thought, well, let me go uh, to the um, in, to the dictionary and see what the what, you know, what it says. And so I went into one and it said, you know, grief is like sadness and suffering. And I was like, no, <laughs> you are wrong. <laughs> the two do not, they're not synonymous. Grief and suffering are not synonymous. And, and then I read others that just said what I agree with, that it's just sadness over the loss. Mm-hmm. And but we we have it in our mind that grief and suffering kind of 
have to go together, so to speak. And, and I think for the majority of people, it does because of the thinking that we have around it. And, you know, all of the, the, the different things, you know, the main things that I see are, you know, I, I'm grieving and I shouldn't be grieving. You know, it's been a month. I should be done by now. Uh, and they hear that from other people around them and from society saying it's time to move on. And, and that creates suffering if you're, if you're still very deeply into whatever the, you know, the pain of the loss and, uh, and then trying to not feel what you're feeling, you know, yeah. it, feel, believing that it's not okay to feel the feelings or that if you do, they'll never end and you'll be in sorrow the yeah. rest of your life. But it's amazing when kind of give people the permission to experience what they're feeling and let them know that thought and feeling are constantly moving through us and no thought or feeling is going to last forever. And to be curious and willing to, to just go in and see what happens. And, you know, they report back like, yeah, I was sad, but then, you know, it was time for lunch. (laughs) (laughs) it's amazing and we it seems so obvious as we talk about it and we've all felt that we've all felt gigantic sadness and fear and all kinds of stuff that we just that we're just there with and then we've seen or you've had a good cry and you feel amazing after a good cry you know and it's not a problem but yet there is such a such a stigma about it out there that yes sadness is I'm sure this is where the the dictionary definition comes in too, really, right? Like sadness is something that no one wants to feel. Therefore, we need to push it away. Therefore, it's the same thing as suffering. So I love that you're looking at how it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. No. No. Not not at all. And and will will it come up? You know, will suffering come up? Suffering, whatever the mind is saying. Yeah, but it it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to. And if it's there. In, in a moment, it's possible to kind of realize it, see it, you know, usually based on how we're feeling, right? And, uh, and, then, and then it moves on. And then in, in that moment also, it's possible to, you know, kind of shift attention when you, when you become, when you realize like, oh, I'm, I'm really caught up in this, I should be I should be better by now or whatever that is. And, and then it's also looking at those ideas of like, I should be better. Well, what does better mean? Yeah. (laughs) You know, it should be moving on. Well, what is, what does that mean? I mean, you you are constantly moving on, but you know, what is, what is that, uh, that, that thought that says I should be moving on? What, What does that even mean? And so to start questioning some of those beliefs and looking and seeing like are they real do they have any is there any there there is no substance to them yeah what are some of the ways that you help people um get kind of more comfortable for lack of a better word like with their feelings because it sounds like that is so much kind of the two things like you said right there that that it's being being okay with feeling our feelings or just knowing how they work right and feeling okay and all that and then also looking at all these expectations about time and how it should be and all of that. So 
Yeah. Right. On the feelings piece. I mean, if somebody's like, just has this resistance up to feeling sad or letting emotion move through them, how can, how can we help them be more comfortable in that? Well, oftentimes I, you know, I ask like, why did you reach out for, for support for grief? And it's because they're suffering. And, and so often it's because they're not just like feeling what's here. And so we'll talk about like, kind of how's that been working for you? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and you're reaching out for a reason because something just doesn't feel like it's working. And so, so it's, uh, Asking them also to be to be curious and to be willing to just try, to just you know touch in to to what's here, and and to know again like we were saying that no feeling is going to last forever and that that's huge, mm-hmm. and and to kind of point that out in their daily experience. And to also point out that it's, it's the mind that's saying, oh, my God, if you go there, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. It's like this big monster in the closet. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but, but just asking people to be curious, to be willing, to, to be willing to feel. And, and yeah, the relief in that, the incredible relief. I know when... Um, so a little bit of my story, my experience is that I had a partner that um, ended her life and that was huge for me, of course. And one of the things about me is I, I you know, my person, personality type likes things to be like at a real even keel. You know, how are you? I'm fine. Oh, good. You know, and I want everyone around me to be fine. And I, you know, like would manipulate, you know, subtly manipulate to try to keep everything on a real even keel. No highs, no lows, you know, which is impossible. But when my partner died, it was impossible for me to control or, or have that semblance or belief that I could control my feelings. It was impossible. And that actually was one of the greatest gifts I've ever been given in my life. Because I had, there, there was, there was no possibility to not feel what I was feeling. You know, it's like I would walk into the grocery store and, uh, she was Italian and, and, you know, not long after her death, I walked into the grocery store and I saw chestnuts and burst out in tears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there, there was no stopping it. And it, it was such a relief. It was such a relief to see that I couldn't stop those feelings. And, and, I realized I I didn't really want to. Yeah, I'd be at work and I'd be in a meeting and, you know, there'd be tears. And it's like, well, there's tears here at this meeting. Yeah. You know, that that's okay. Yeah. 
And so I guess in, in working with people, it's just like sometimes sharing with them my story and, and, and that can be helpful to people and, um, and letting them know that who they are is resilience. You know, people are like, I I can't do this. I can't go on. It's so painful. It's like, but, but you are going on. Mm -hmm. You are resilient. Who you are is, is, you know, is fine underneath it all but really fine, not just, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> the real kind of fine. I love, there's, there's so much in that. So one thing is just like you keep saying about the relief, the relief it is to just feel, to just cry. And I think that's so huge for people to hear because if, you're, if we're pushing it away, obviously we're afraid of it and we, and we think, oh my gosh, this is going to swallow me up and I don't want to feel it. So I just, I love that you're saying no. And that that resonates so much. And I'm sure with everyone, even the people who are pushing feelings away, it probably resonates that no, when we stop all that fight, it is a relief. Like it feels good to just be human and feel. Yeah, exactly. And and when we push it away and and resist it, it's still, it's going to come out sideways. You know, it's like you're kind of pushing it down and pushing it down, but it's going to come out sideways. And then it's kind of like distorted in a way. And, and, and that's all the suffering. You know, that's the thinking of like, no, 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 can't be here. Stay away. Go away. Can't feel that. Uh, not right. Whatever the story, the story is about why it's not okay to, to feel what you're feeling. And yeah, the relief of just feeling it. And then, and it, it does move on. It's and, crazy how we forget that. Like you said, you can point to your clients, their everyday life and show them even in just little ways, like you were really hungry and then you get distracted. And you're not hungry anymore. Then maybe your hunger comes back or, you know, we all get tired in the middle of the day. We don't run and take a nap and, you know, unless we do, but you just keep living and then you're like, get some more energy and then you go to bed at night, you know, and, and emotions right. no different. You know, but I think, yes, it just, we have so many fears and just kind of misunderstandings around it that make it feel different. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, yeah, and then there's also people who are, have kind of moved, have quote unquote moved through it and feel like, oh, did I do that too quickly? You know, was, I remember working with this, one woman who was kind of like, you know, I, I, I feel okay. I feel fine. And, and life is going on and, you know, like, is that okay? (laughs) And, uh, and we had some, some beautiful sessions together talking about that and that, yeah, it's okay to feel okay. (laughs) It's okay to feel good. And, and that life is, life is continuing to, to move on. And, and then we would meet sometimes and she would be like, oh, well, I had a little bit of a setback. I had, I had some sadness. And I was like, well, it's, it's not a setback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just some sadness was here. And, and, and that was huge for her to be able to see that too. Like, yeah. oh, it's okay if it's not here. It's okay if it's here. It's like whatever is here is, is just what it is and, and it's fine. That's so big. And it's, 
because it's just noticing how our mind just has so many ideas and wants to wants to put it all on like a setback of moving forward. It's all this, you know, linear progress stuff. And what you're saying, what right. I hear you saying is like, no, like life just comes up in the moment as it shows up. And, and as you can help people see that more and that it's all just there for the moment and then it's gone and something else shows up, like what is there to manage or think about? Right. Well, and something that I, I talk to people about a lot is that, you know, the mind is trying to make sense of it. That's all it's trying to do is to, to make sense of this, of this loss. Yeah. And, but it's beyond the mind. It, it's, you know, especially when it's a, a loss of a death, it's, the mind can't make sense of it. It's going to keep trying and trying and trying because it's trying to help us feel better. Yeah. You know, it's trying to put it into like a little box, like, like, okay, now I understand. Now I get it. You know, this is why that happened. And uh, put it into a little box, put it on a shelf. Done. Okay. Yeah. But it doesn't work like that. And, and, you know, in one way, bless the mind for, you know, keep trying to, to help us in that way, but it's not helpful. And it just create, it creates the suffering, all of that trying to figure it out. Why did it happen? How did it happen? You know, it, and all of the coulda, shoulda, woulda, if only, if only I had done this, if, you know, which I definitely had my experience after, after my partner ended her life, you know, if only I had done that, if, you know if I could have done this, if I had known that, all of that just, and it just gets into these loops, you know, kind of the same ones over and over, all the coulda, shoulda, woulda, oughta. And, um, and that's what really creates such intense suffering because I didn't. And that's just how it is, you know? It's like, and I, yeah, it just was what happened. It's just what happened. And so uh, just as you say that, it's like, oh my gosh, my mind hates that. What do you mean it's just what happened? <laughs> it can't be that simple, you know, but it's just so big to see. So do you see a lot of people, I, I really hear what you say around putting it in a box and making sense of it. And I think that's probably a lot of this for all of us, you know, loss or not. It's what we're seeking for is like we want to have a box to put life in, you know, in a way that makes sense because that seems to bring our mind some peace. But in a, in a time like this, and especially if it's unexpected and all of that, I think what you're saying is like that's not, we're not, it's not about trying to help someone find a meaning it's maybe more around helping them see just that's what their mind's searching for, but there is no meaning or how would you say that? Well, I, I would say that it's, it's not possible for the mind to, to figure it out. Yeah. It just isn't possible. It's the way I see it, especially with grief and loss is that it's really, it's not kind of of the realm of the mind. It's of the realm of the heart and, and the soul or, you know, whatever you want to call that. It's, it's a, um, 
it's it's also a deep calling for for us it can be for for many people to really explore who we are and when when my partner died in the midst of the the grief and the sadness and the anger and everything else that comes up there was this awareness that there was this incredible opportunity for me to really know more about who I am. And, and I, I see that in everyone that I work with, that this is, can be a time of incredible self-discovery and self-awareness. And because whatever the loss is, there's usually some type of a, a role involved, you know, in a, an idea of this is who I am in this relationship, in this job, you know, or whatever it is. And when, when that's gone, who am I? Yeah. And it's such a, a fertile time to, um, to look at that and to, um, to make some discoveries about ourselves. Yeah. When you were mentioning in the beginning about, you know, whether it's a death or the loss of a home or loss of any, all these things that we grieve, I was thinking too, like along those lines, the loss sometimes of just an idea of how we thought things would go or, you know, and I think it's an interesting thing that I'm sure you see this when you talk with people and we probably all feel it when we're grieving sometimes there is just what feels like just this kind of just pure sadness of the missing of the person or thing or whatever. And then yes, other times we notice our mind scrambling and that's the feeling we're more in. And I think about that just even with breakups. I, I can remember in the past just wondering, is this about that person or is this about my mind now thinking what it means that we broke up and who am I without him and all of that and what's going to happen next. And, you know, we can all sort of get a feel for that and maybe see, I guess, yeah, like how much our, our mind is playing into what we're feeling. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It, it, and when I'm talking with people, I point them back to like, what are you feeling? Like, is it just that pure feeling of, of loss and sadness and, you know, having a good cry or whatever it is, or, is it more uh, in a feeling of like angst or what else is kind of attached to it? You know, the, the yeah. meaning making that that's happening around whatever emotion is, is coming up, you know, just the, the, the meaning making. And, and that's again, you know, just keep pointing people back. That again is the suffering. <laughs> it's the suffering of the thoughts. It's not the suffering of, of just that pure feeling of sadness. It's the suffering of the thoughts about why it shouldn't be here or what it means and, you know, all of that. Yeah, which is why I'm sure it's a different experience to lose a parent or grandparent who lives to be in their 90s than it is to lose a, a young partner from suicide or something. I mean, just completely different different uh, 
fertile ground for the mind to give meaning. And in one case, it's like, okay, this was all meant to be and great. You still miss the person in either case, you know, but you really get to see in things like that, the difference. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, they talk about complicated grief and, you know, that type of thing. And there is some truth to that, but in the end, it's all still the same (laughs) of suffering our thoughts. And, and sometimes they're more complex thoughts because of, you know, the, the circumstances that happened around the, the death or the loss. And that's the beauty, though, in you being able to point to people that it is all the same and that even when it looks so complex and when our mind is just dying for a meaningful story to put around it, that that's just what minds do, you know, that yeah. we might not find that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So there's, um, there's a something in here around, you mentioned it, spoke around it a couple times, um, kind of around how, like, we are moving on, although our mind might be saying, how will I move on at the same time that we are moving on? <laughs> or, you know, what's going to happen to me? What will I do next? And meanwhile, life is just living us. So say yeah. a bit about that, because that feels like it's big here that how, I guess, really around how, how life sort of just handles this for us in a sense. Like, do yeah. we have to help our grieving along? Do we need to do things or like, yeah. No, we don't have to help our grieving along. It, it, it's going to have its way with us. Yeah. And, and, and I mean that in the most wonderful sense of the word is that it's going to have its way with us. And uh, because grief is the, for lack of a better word, the price of love. And if we didn't love deeply, we wouldn't grieve deeply. So it really is just an expression, just this natural expression of, of love. And so we don't have to try to control it or figure it out or put it on a timeline. That's why you know, there can't be a timeline. I know with my partner's son, after, in, at about three years after she had died, he was like, you know, it was like all of a sudden I felt like I'd come out of a fog that I had been in. He had been living his life and every day and doing things. And, but at a certain point, like something just shifted and something just like lifted in him and, and, and life looked different. But he had no, you know, he didn't make that happen. And there is no timeline. And yeah, life is, is, is living us. If we, if we open to, I mean, it always is. But the more we can kind of step back and see, oh, there's that habit of thought and, and relax and know that that life is moving through us and and living us and there's such freedom in that such freedom in realizing that that's our design that's how we're made that life is constantly moving through us and 
yeah, it's it's just so beautiful. It's um, there, there's just such freedom in that, such freedom in allowing what's here to be here. Yeah, it really goes back to what you're saying about just being able to feel, being willing to feel what's there, knowing it's safe, and that it's it's like what if it's just all happening perfectly, including in perfect timing and everything. So there's so much of, like you said, you're back at work and then there's tears here. And of course, like I shouldn't be crying at work and I should be able to go to the grocery store and not cry when I see chestnuts. Like, well, says who? (laughs) Says who? Like if we can truly yield to what's just moving through and, yeah. and as humans, we probably can't a lot or we won't a lot of the time. But man, just to have, just to look toward that and know that life's got it. It wants to just express perfectly through us. Yeah. And, and we don't have to worry about that. That just feels like a giant relief. Yeah. And what's coming up for me now is also this experience that I, I had and I've talked with other people about is that at the time of a, a, a a significant loss, there's like an intensity, you know, like there's an intensity about life. Everything seems in some ways very vivid, whether it's feeling good or feeling bad, so to speak, you know, whatever it is that's going through. And, and then as, as things kind of, um, as life just moves on, that intensity kind of diminishes little by little naturally, of course. But I remember being kind of like, oh, <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. because if, if, if even in the midst of the deepest grief and sadness, there's such a feeling of aliveness. Mm-hmm. And, and then as kind of life, quote unquote, starts getting more back to normal, uh, that that intensity starts to to decrease, and and I remember feeling like the sadness, like oh, that intensity of life. But again, it's just life moving through us. Sometimes there's that intensity, and and sometimes not. But uh, yeah, that yeah. came up to share. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. I really get that. That um, again, it's our conceptual mind will look like oh, they're in grieving, so they're you know, maybe neutral at times or miserable. <laughs> and and it's not like that at all. It's like everything. I, I really yeah. hear that. Like it's just heightened in that feeling of being alive. That's the yeah. thing. If we're pushing that away, it's just hard work and it's and energy sucking. But when, when it's moving through us, it's the, I mean, grief is just this, it's just like joy. It's like this enormous expression of aliveness. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, like the, the intense sadness, another expression of aliveness, the, you know, crying. Yeah. Aliveness. Yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing wrong with it. It's so, so beautiful seen that way. And it really, just hearing this, it really highlights how, like you mentioned with your experience, how when we grieve, it, it is like so many things in life, everything in life, it is such a, learning experience for us. I mean, what a great, like who wants to be alive in this planet and never grieve, <laughs> never have that, like have that whole chunk of human experience cut off to you, you know? And so what a gift to go through this and then be able to, I don't know, just see something about who we are and that aliveness that's there and take that with you through the rest of life. Yeah. 
Yes, definitely. It's, uh, and, you know, again, that's why I love doing this work with people and helping to, to point these things out and, uh, and, and seeing the, the unfolding and the, and the beauty that, that happens from, from that. It's so fulfilling for me and, and so helpful to the people that I work with. So win, win. (laughs) Yeah. Do you, do you find that people, um, are like, they reach out to you because, because why, you know, like, like, are they oftentimes feeling like, like you mentioned earlier, like I should be over this by now, or they have a sense that they're grieving wrong or that they're suffering too much. Is that often what it is or? Yeah, all of that. And, um, and I think for a lot of people, it's that they're, they're stuffing it and stuffing it and, you know, doing everything to not feel it. And in that not wanting to feel, they feel horrible. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's such a paradox, right? No, no, no. Can't feel it. Can't feel it. Can't feel it. Oh man, I feel terrible. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, because there's so much suffering, so much mental suffering and, and, and that's a lot when, when people will, will reach out, like I, whatever it is I'm doing isn't working and, um, and I need some, I need some support. I need some help. So, uh, yeah, so all of that. And knowing how you work with people, like the things we've talked about here, I can imagine that at times it doesn't take much. It's like, they're just, they just don't want to feel. So as soon as they start to feel, like you said, there's enormous relief and we just have some misunderstandings. So once we see how a mind works, there's immediate relief. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do um, packages with people and very often um, it'll be one package. Sometimes people will, you know, choose to, to do more, but, and also one thing that I find really interesting is, you know, so I'll, I'll do a package and we'll talk about the grief and what they're going through, but, but because grief is, one aspect of of life, one thing that's happening, but in the meantime, there's other relationships happening, there's work happening, there's just life in general. And so oftentimes we're not just talking about grief, we're just talking about life because this this understanding is in every every aspect of life. So, you know, kind of come for one thing and 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 then it expands and that's beautiful. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. I love this conversation. Thank you so much, Joy, for talking with me. Oh, thank you, Amy. It's been, it's been a pleasure and uh, I really appreciate you giving me this opportunity. I'm really glad you do this work. So I'll, I'll uh, mention in the notes where people can find you if they want to get in touch with you. Great. Yeah, I, I'll have that up and running in the next little bit. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, did you know that my two flagship programs, the Little School of Big Change and the Change Coach Training Program, now have self-study versions? That means you don't have to wait until the next live group starts. You can get instant access to the Little School of Big Change curriculum or to an extensive set of lessons and coaching sessions in the case of the Change Coach Home Study course and start seeing more right away. 
The best part, this is awesome, is that you get to go through the self-study versions now or whenever you're ready, and then also join the next live guided versions of these courses. So your investment for the self-study course goes toward the price of the live course if you choose to upgrade. It's a total win-win. You can get this content now, do whatever you want with it at your own pace, and also let me guide you and support you and lead you through it when it's time. I'd love to see you try out one of these self-study courses. You can find links to both of them in the show notes.